Welcome to another episode of the Neon Belly. This week, due to some requests and just the timing, um, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple simple tips that you can do to land uh, more darts chokes. Last week, I talked about having an outline for a darts instructional that I would like to work on this year. I got some good feedback and some good suggestions from people on some things they might want to see on that and just coincidentally the place where I train at Salty Dog Jiu Jitsu in Wilmington, North Carolina uh, our coaches John Salter and Joe Selecki were showing some dark choke stuff last week right after I recorded that episode so I thought what better time than the present I've actually tried to stay away a little bit on the podcast so far uh, from talking about dark stuff just because it's kind of I've kind of gotten pigeonholed in there a little bit and I do feel like I have some more things to offer than just that so I didn't want to dive into that right away but you know the podcast has been going for a little over two months now and might as well there's no time like the present people want to hear some stuff so I'm going to give a few simple tips that I think can land you a lot more of these uh the Dars to me is really is the Kimura of chokes. It's all you really need in order to hit it is an open elbow. If your opponent's elbow is just slightly open from their ribs, there's going to be an opening to get there. Uh, and even more so if their shoulder is facing your chest. I'm right-handed. I'm going to assume that most of the people listening to this episode are right-handed as well. So we're going to just assume from the perspective that our right arm is reaching through as sort of the main choking arm. If you hear me say the main arm or the primary arm, I'm talking about the right arm, or I might just say the right arm. But either way, I'm talking about the right. If I talk about the secondary arm or the support arm, I'm talking about the left arm. So just to get some nomenclature things kind of set up from the jump. The biggest, uh, and I want to sort of approach this from what I think are sort of the most common misconceptions. And the first misconception is that you have to punch your choking arm, your right arm, super deep uh, to land Dar's chokes. This is just not true. And in fact, it's kind of counterproductive. So to flip and and talk about a different submission for just a second with the regular arm triangle choke which the Dars is a type of arm triangle it's just sort of like an upside down arm triangle but with the classic arm triangle where you have the mount you crawl the arm up over the head you wrap your arm around their uh, around their neck you get that bicep flush to the side of their neck that is not what you want to do on a Dars if a lot of people, if anyone's ever told you this before, not saying that they're wrong, you can get taps by doing this, but it's not going to produce the cleanest choke. Space between your opponent's throat and the crook of your arm is fine. That, that space is actually ideal. The space that you want to suck up and take away is the space behind your opponent's neck so the thumb of your choking arm uh, 
should really be along the back of your opponent's neck. I first heard this called the rule of thumb by Ryan Hall, who has maybe the best arses I've actually ever felt in terms of just rolling with somebody. And uh, in a big way, he got me interested in it because I think he did it like eight or nine times to me the first time we ever rolled together. And uh, I've also heard Keenan Cornelius refer to that rule of thumb, but that's really what you're looking for. The sharp part of your forearm that needs to cut into the open side of their carotid artery, that that needs to sort of be on the fleshy, the front to side part of the, of the neck. The deeper you punch your choking arm, you're going to create more space behind the neck. And the sharp part of your forearm is going to actually cut into the muscles on the back of the neck and cut into the... Uh, the cervical spine a little bit it's going to dig in there a lot of times if somebody says oh that Doris was neck cranky that wasn't a clean choke it's because the arm was just punched in way deeper than it needed to be this also really significantly contributes to why people have the incorrect assumption that you need long arms if you want to Doris people now don't get it twisted right like it definitely helps to have long arms uh, for any sort of head and arm choke. Uh, you can just reach it from a little bit farther away, but you don't need to have that if you want to darse people. Uh, in fact, it can be a little counterproductive if, they, if you don't know this rule of thumb detail. People reach through with long arms and they have a lot of space behind their opponent's neck. They don't take that space away and then it sort of becomes neck crankier or not the loosest choke and then people give up on it and they're like, ah, I don't know, I just can't really make this work for me. So it's a little strange, you know, if you just look at it from a visual perspective to have space between your bicep, the crook of your elbow and the front of your opponent's throat. Uh, and obviously the shorter your arm is, the less space is going to be there. The longer your arm, the more space is going to be there. But if you just keep your thumb along the back of your opponent's neck, uh, there should be some space uh, between the crook of your arm and their throat, which is totally okay. That's great. Leave that space there. Make sure there's no space behind their head. If you do that and nothing else, I guarantee you're going to land a ton more darces. Now, there's another aspect to this, which is if you have your thumb along the back of the neck and then you bring your figure four grip, your rear naked choke together, if you just aim to get your thumb along the back of the neck and you don't aim your, your choking hand to punch any deeper, sometimes if you're rolling with somebody that has really strong posture or is able to make like a really big chest, your grip will slip a little bit and your your fingers will kind of be on your bicep instead of your palm. And that's going to uh, kind of crush your fingers, take some juice out of the choke. So one thing that I do advise, and I do this a lot myself, is to punch your choking arm deeper than you need it to be. But then when it's time to finish, actually retract the elbow of your choking arm a little bit to get that thumb 
lined up with the back of the neck. So you can punch as deep as you want. If you want to punch to where the crook of your elbow hits their throat and there's a ton of space behind their neck, that's actually fine on the lockup. But when it's time to actually finish, you're going to want to, you know, if you put your palm out in front of you right now with your thumb facing your face and your you should see your elbow is kind of away from your chest and your ribs you're going to want to bring your elbow in towards your ribs and you'll watch your hand in front of your face right now drop down a little bit that's kind of the motion that you want to be considering um, to bring that rule of thumb into place now that first misconception about punching the arm too deep, about needing to have your arm just punched in super deep for Darces, blah, blah, blah. That kind of leads to the second misconception, which is that you need to be on top and heavy, you know, to hit the Darce. And that's, it's just not true. That's not how this technique really works when it's at its pinnacle, when it's expressed to its fullest extent. This isn't like a mounted cross choke or an arm triangle from mount, or a rear naked choke where you pin your opponent first and then sort of lock in the submission afterwards. The submission is the control point, right? The Dars, it is the point of control. So once you have that grip locked in, it doesn't really matter where they move. You need to be comfortable moving with them finishing from different angles, different positions, and just being confident that that once you secure that grip, you're good to go. So what we're really trying to do is we're trying to block one side of our opponent's neck, the free side, and then roll their trapped shoulder into the side of their neck. And once that configuration is like put together, we just want to make sure it's maintained. So if our opponent rolls, flips, comes up to their knees. It really doesn't matter. We just need to move our body positioning, you know, to adjust. And that can look like dropping to one hip. It could look like dropping to the other hip. It could look like mounting your opponent. It could look like pulling guard on them. It can look like shoulder rolling all the way from top position over uh, on the far side of their body. Um, almost like almost looking like you're rolling to the bottom it's not quite rolling to the bottom but it might feel like that when you're doing it but regardless you want to strive to kind of be comfortable going anywhere the position takes you and again I said that this is like the Kimura of chokes this is you see that with the Kimura all the time people get Kimura grips and once that control is in place the control is around the limb and then they maneuver their body into other positions. People get Kimura grips and they roll. They roll for the back. They roll through to get the pass. They step to the mount. You know, from bottom, they get Kimura grips and then they, you know, spin their body around and, you know, kind of move all over the place because they have confidence in the security of the position. And that's really, really what the Dars offers. It's a ton of control and we can't be afraid to, to move around a lot of people lose Darces because they they're on their knees in that classic side control position and the bottom player reaches up in on an underhook or just turns on their side and you see the top person they just stay on their knees and they try to cram their arm through there 
and they just refuse to move anywhere else and they just try to stay in this stable 90 degree angle trying to jam that through that arm through and it's just I mean it can work it does work but that's not the most ideal way um, to get it so those are really the two big misconceptions that the arm needs to be punched through too deep and that you need to sort of be on top now a practical way that will help fix both of these things and it'll help you get that rule of thumb into place is to actually just get away from sprawling out to finish the darts if you're on top don't sprawl out on top of the person to finish it you might get taps from this but it's it's not going to be a clean choke and it's going to give the opponent a lot of ability to escape because they uh, you do have weight on top of them but the weight isn't over their hips and their legs in a way that stifles their movement so they're going to have the ability to belly down throw their back flat to the mat and do all sorts of defensive countermeasures if you lock it on top the best way to kind of pin the opponent is to step over their body and either hook your right heel if you're choking with your right arm you hook your right heel behind their hip or just drop to both knees in sort of a mounted position that's the best way to kind of pin your opponent if you want to finish a darts from a position like that and that's in definitely my top two finishing positions, finishing angles for the Darst, is that mounted finish. So that's one finish that I would advocate heavily over the sprawling finish. Another one that I would advocate is, some people call it the Mars angle, Um, some people call it a lock side up Darst. If you can imagine, if you're sprawled out on your opponent, your lock is underneath them. Their body weight is on top of your choking arm. So on a lock side up Dars or a Mars, the lock is going to be in the air. So a couple of ways to get here, there'll be a link in the description of this podcast, but the easiest way to get there is if you have your right arm choked through and you have the Dars fully sunk, you're going to look over your left shoulder and you're going to roll over your right shoulder onto your right hip. And now your left elbow should be facing the ceiling and instead of their trapped arm facing the ceiling their trapped arm is now against the floor and it almost looks like an anaconda choke you're both on your sides you're on your hip facing in towards them they're also on their hip on the ground this is going to be like the typically the second strongest finishing angle for the darts after the mounted position this finish this finishing angle is going to be a little bit cleaner than the mounted position but it doesn't have that added security of clo- of a closed circuit around the opponent's hips on top of them to where you know if their head pops out or if you miss it or something you're you're in a scoring pinning position uh, nonetheless these are sort of my two favorite ones and I think people that get really good at this Mars angle if they put a lot of time into that finish their darts percentages tend to go up 
a ton. The easiest way to drill this one is just going to be to have a training partner turtled in front of you where you have a front headlock and if your right arm is choking instead of trying to crack your opponent down onto a hip you're just gonna slide onto your right hip and punch your right arm from behind their left armpit out to the right side of their neck and you're not gonna fall to your back when you do this you're gonna fall onto your right hip and then you can monitor their posture, control their posture. You can do this with the gable grip, vice grip, both palms on the back of their head, S grip. You can even keep like a chin strap with your left hand like you're going to do a guillotine and then punch your right hand to your left elbow and then swim over to the rear naked choke grip. And then as you do this, you're just going to walk your hips toward them. So you're falling to your right hip, punching your right arm through against their turtle locking the rear naked choke grip to secure the darse and then for this quote unquote Mars angle you're just going to stay on your right hip and walk in like Homer Simpson until your training partner falls down onto their left hip and then from there you know you can finish you can step over the legs trap a leg step over the hips and if that finish isn't getting it done you can mount so Finally, two drills that I would suggest everybody do is have a relaxed training partner that's not going to fight you and just reach your right arm from behind their left armpit out behind their head and neck in just sort of like a side control position where they're turned in on their side. Just reach behind and hold the back of their neck with one hand. You don't need to put both hands together for this. You're just going to focus on rolling your shoulder into their armpit to bring their shoulder into the side of their neck. So imagine there's like, imagine the person is in front of you right now. Their head's off to the left. They turn up onto their side. Their left arm is coming up towards you. Reach your arm behind their armpit and out behind their neck. And then imagine there's like an air bubble between their left shoulder and the side of their neck. Like a, like some, like a kid that blows a bubble out of the, yeah, I don't know what the thing's called. But it's like a kid that blows a bubble out. Imagine that bubble is like floating through the air and then it lands right between uh, your training partner's shoulder and their neck. You want to pop that bubble with their own shoulder. This is with all triangles. Leg triangles, arm triangles, darses, anacondas. It doesn't matter. If there's any arm in choke, it does not matter if their arm is being pulled across their neck. That's That can get the job done, but the shoulder going into the neck is what is super important. If you watch 90% of arm in chokes, regardless if they're using the legs or the arms, if you watch them fail, it's almost always because there is space between the, uh, the person getting choked. There is almost always space between their trapped shoulder and the side of their neck. It's almost always the problem. 
this is either because the defensive player is able to keep that space open or the offensive player just drops the ball and isn't able to close it either because they don't know how or you know they just can't finish the movement but that air bubble between the shoulder and the neck really needs to get closed so with a relaxed training partner once you reach behind the neck like this and you cup the back of their neck you want to roll your shoulder you know your head is going to almost go over the top of their head so you'd be leaning out to your left if your right arm is behind their neck and you won't be able to get your training partner to actually tap out or go to sleep from this but you should try to see if they can feel a little bit of lightheadedness or a little bit of a strangle or blood choke coming on if they're able to give feedback on that then you're certainly doing it right and then you know when you bring your second arm into play it's lights out they're gonna absolutely tap um, that drill is just really helpful finding different people different body types to reach behind the neck and then just close their shoulder into the side of their neck uh, and what this does too is this puts less of their body into the choke so when you're fully locked up you're not you don't want to be like squeezing the other person's torso. You don't want too much of their body in there. You just want their neck in there and as little of their shoulder as possible. Uh, the DDS guys, the Danaher guys, Craig Jones, the B-team folks, you may hear them use the term a lot, lose the shoulder, when they teach various leg triangles and arm triangles and darses and all that. It's... This is what they're talking about. They're talking about having as little of your opponent's body inside the lock as possible. It's going to make it a lot easier for you to finish. And it's going to take away a lot of your opponent's ability to sort of expand their chest and reopen that space between their neck and their shoulder that you want closed. So that's the first drill I would recommend. The second drill you can do from this same position. So once you kind of get that feedback from a training partner of yeah I can feel I can feel the blood choke coming on I, I can tell you're rolling my shoulder into the side of my neck from there you're just gonna ask your training partner to move a little bit to try to not thrash around and escape but just loosely sort of move and they can come up to their knees they can put their back flat to the mat um, they can go fully belly down, they can back roll, front roll, whatever they want to do. And what you're going to do is you're going to keep your hand on the back of their neck. You don't even have to lock up a full darse if you don't want to. You can, just don't, don't wrench your partner's neck or anything, you know. But once you have that grip in place, just follow them. Roll if you want to roll. Step over to mount. Pull guard slide to either hip it doesn't really matter as long as you're keeping the configuration uh, in place and keeping the connection of your shoulder into their armpit which is going to roll their shoulder into the side of the neck being that that's a good drill to get used to chasing the position you know because just like the guillotine this is a super uh, 
um, mobile uh, a mobile technique. Um, there's so many different finishing angles, and I don't want to recommend that anybody. I don't want to try to get too scientific on this episode here with, well, if they do this, then you pull guard, and if they do this, then you mount. If they do that, then you slide to the Mars. If you do this, you know, you jump over to the farce, which we didn't even talk about. But the point is, there's a, a lot of rabbit holes you can go down. But I just wanted to make a really simple episode of just saying not to over penetrate with your choking arm to get away from sprawling finishes and the feeling like you have to be on top to finish the darts and then the drill of the one arm trying to finish it with one arm or at least kind of get close to a ballpark of being able to finish with one arm and then moving around with your opponent as they move if you watch a lot of the best darts people they move a lot the Rotola brothers. Um, actually, I'll link some videos in this podcast description. Craig Jones has some of the best Dars chokes I've ever seen, uh, and he's been doing a ton of them recently. You can find roles every single day posted from B Team on the Goldtown MMA YouTube channel. Count Films has a bunch they've posted this year. Flow Grappling has a bunch they've posted this year. I've probably seen a hundred. Craig Jones Darces in the past calendar year and he really finishes from all of these angles but he he does a really good job of making sure that you know these elements are in place especially like that over penetration and following the opponent around he's very very good at that so I'll try to post some videos maybe a playlist or something where where you can see that right as I was about to wrap this up um I sort of forgot a third point that I wanted to talk about, which is opening the elbow. This is super critical if you don't have long arms. If you have long arms and your opponent's elbow is kind of close to their ribs, you can abuse that physical attribute a lot and reach through and get it anyways. But for most people... And even if you just want to express the movement at a high level, you're going to want to get their elbow as open as possible. So a great way to practice this is get a training partner, have them on their side, and have them reach for an underhook. Now instead of trying to choke through their underhook, you're going to move your weight out towards their head. So same position as we talked about before. They're on their side with their head out to the left. They're coming up onto their right side. Their left arm's coming towards you to underhook you. You're going to reach around their arm. But instead of fully locking the darts right away with their underhook around your back, you're going to move your legs out towards their head, almost like you're trying to move to north-south. You're keeping your arm checked against their arm, and it should kind of scoop and open their elbow up super wide almost like their arm is gonna flare out open towards their head that's really gonna open up their elbow and reduce the distance that you have to reach so a lot of the best darsers they don't need to have their arms be a mile long because they're good at 
opening their opponent's elbow to create a much shorter distance for their arm to travel. So the whole open elbow thing is Ryan Hall did a you know six hour DVD set on it back in 2014 or 2015 and didn't even cover everything there is to cover there. I don't want to fall down uh, a side route too much on the on the open elbow, but that's another thing to keep in mind as well. This definitely won't be the last time I talk about Darces on here. I'll talk about stuff as much as people wanna wanna hear it. But um, yeah, I, I wrote down a few quick things that I thought would help everybody listening to this land more Darces. And I think if you even do some of these things for a couple of weeks, you're probably gonna see your numbers jump way way up and even if you aren't finishing them your opponents your training partners are going to roll against you differently i think you're going to start to find yourself getting guard passes you didn't get before because they're not going to want to get choked so they're going to put their back to the mat um, if you're punching them up from bottom you know they're going to raise their head and give opportunities to you know get underneath the legs or or come up and wrestle up with them or get sweeps um, it's just a really great way to change uh, how people roll against you. And if anybody has any questions on any of this stuff, feel free to hit me up on, you know, Instagram at Drew Dars. If you, you know, follow me on Reddit, you can hit me up on there. Uh, I'll do anything I can to help out, and I'll keep everybody posted on the instructional as that progresses throughout the year. That probably won't come out until the end of this year but thanks so much for everything the support as always i'm starting to settle into doing this and you know the name change has been great the reviews have been great i've seen like so many um reviews like they'd have gotten added on apple music and spotify and everything and it just it truly means a lot i'm gonna probably say this every episode but i really do have so much uh, appreciation and love for everybody listening and yeah if there's anything i could do to help anybody anytime please let me know i'm there uh everybody listening has started to kind of become a part of my you know journey through jujitsu and martial arts and that means a lot also so you know everybody listening even if you don't think I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. You mean more to me than you realize. And thanks so much. Uh, I have a bunch of ideas for some episodes. I'm going to try to roll them out uh, more than once a week here for at least the next couple weeks. So I might try to hit two a week for the next week or two. But yeah, uh, definitely will hear from me sooner than later. Appreciate everybody. Y'all be safe this week. Have fun. Peace.